Good evening, everybody. I pray you had a wonderful Thanksgiving, and I'm grateful that you students have made it back safely, and we pray for those who are still traveling right now, if there are any. I'm sure there are. Students, you have three weeks, and then you get to leave again for an entire month, so don't ever complain that you don't get good breaks. But hang in there and commit yourselves to what needs to be done in these three weeks, but do it in a healthy and human way. No staying up till three in the morning and being absolutely miserable for a good grade. You know who you are. Today is the final Sunday in ordinary time, the last Sunday before we begin a new liturgical year with Advent next Sunday. And every year this Sunday is the solemnity of Christ the King, or my favorite, Jesus Christ, King of the Universe. And to be quite honest, I really do think it's difficult for modern people to understand what it is to have a king, to have a monarch, especially Americans, right? Even other nations that do have monarchies as a part of their governmental makeup really just have figureheads, not real kings or queens. And there's a lot of reasons that we wouldn't understand this concept of kingship. I mean, for an example, anyone in an authoritative position nowadays, politically, people are immediately skeptical of. And, and, and they don't trust them. And that's not without cause either, right? Politicians are shady. And human nature has fallen, so corruption often comes out of those who hold power, right? And some historical reasons. French Revolution. Corrupt royalty caused people to revolt, though what these people did when they revolted was worse than what the kings and queens were doing to them, right? And it actually is one of the most evil things that have ever happened in society, but they revolted nonetheless, right? And, and that, that just kind of shows that, like, you can't flip evil power for evil power. We're all in the same boat of sin, right? And then we look at the American Revolution. We wanted to distance ourselves from a king. So the cultural mentality, even here, goes against monarchical authority. And it's hilarious to me. When they came out with the translation for the New American Bible, right? A lot of you, some, probably most of you have that translation, the NAB, right? They dumbed down monarchical language because they didn't think American people would relate to it. It's like, that's right, Britain. Yeah, we, we changed the language of our Bible in translation because you're the worst, right? It's, no, it's just, it's actually really dumb and it takes away from what is being said in scripture. So just an aside, RSV, Revised Standard Version, closest to the Greek and the Hebrew. Get that one, best English version of the Bible. Anyway, we don't quite get it, right? We don't quite get a king. We don't quite understand it. And with that, we need to make a real distinction between what we do understand and what we need to understand. A king has legitimate authority through his hereditary lineage to rule and govern his people. And as king... 
he's held to the highest standard of ruling well, with equity, justice, and mercy. What a king does for the, is for the good of his people, for the prosperity of his kingdom. A politician is a self-interested smooth talker who has a proclivity to grasp for power for his own sake. And at least in our country, he spends most of his time in office campaigning to retain that power that he holds so dearly. Brothers and sisters, I proclaim to you today Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, is not a politician. He is not a politician. He's a king. And he's, he's a king in the truest and most real way. His authority is divine. His hereditary lineage is humanity itself. First, by being its creator. Second, by his incarnation. And he rules his people with the fullness of every virtue because these virtues come from his own sacred heart. He's truly our judge. His kingdom is the church which extends over the entire world. His law is the divine, moral, and natural law and no other law on this planet or in this universe supersedes these which come from him and him alone. He is good and completely trustworthy. And he desires your happiness in this life and the next. If we believe that this is true, then the question for us becomes, am I willing to commit myself entirely to the service of the king? Am I willing to do that? St. Ignatius of Loyola, in his spiritual exercises, speaks of the two standards, or flags, right? A standard being a military flag that one carries into battle, that we have to choose to follow into the battle that is this life. Brothers and sisters, if you're unaware, this life is a spiritual battle. We ought to be fighting all the time. One flag, one standard, the kingdom of God. The other is the kingdom of Satan or the world. And I think I would add another category to that that follows the evil standard is the kingdom of the self, the ego. And of course, these things oppose one another. So, which king will we follow? And which king will we fight for? And of course, I'm speaking to people who go to mass, right? We want to follow Christ the king into battle. But what does he require of us? And, and how, how are we to fight? Brothers and sisters, Christ himself taught us how to fight. And it's not in political battles, political arguments, and thinking of ourselves to be righteous simply because we do certain things that make us look that way. Remember, the Jews thought that the Messiah would be a warrior king who would oust the Romans from the promised land. He was nothing like that. 
He was indeed a warrior king, but he fights in a way that's foreign to the violence of humanity. His tactics are the way of the cross. He fights, as Father Mark would always say, like the lamb. This means that he establishes his kingdom by a total gift of self in love. A heart completely emptied of itself for the sake of the other. And that's how we're to fight. That it requires the entirety of our lives. This is exactly what the Lord is teaching us in our gospel tonight. I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. A stranger and you welcomed me. Naked and you clothed me. Ill and you cared for me. In prison and you visited me. He's laying out the corporal works of mercy, brothers and sisters. Things that we ought to be doing if we claim to be Christians. And as a church, as the body of Christ... What we do to the least among us, we do to him, the king, who is the head of the body. What I'm getting at is this. In order to actually follow Christ as king, that means we actually have to love. We actually have to will the good of the other. Not just dropping a few bucks in the basket. Not just throwing a few quarters at the guy on the street corner. Not giving to some unknown charity that has nothing to do with anything just so you can say you gave. To love, brothers and sisters, to love. It must come from the heart. It must be a real sacrifice and a real gift of yourself. We have to give of ourselves in a complete way, in a real way. And that means service to God. First in worship, which is the Holy Mass. Everything flows from the Eucharist, which is the living, beating heart of Jesus Christ. And from that worship, from everything that we receive on this altar, we must serve others. We must serve others. Especially those who are poor, who are downtrodden, and who are ostracized from society. We have to act on all the prayers that we say, on all the masses we attend, and all the devotions we have. The Christian life is one of both prayer and action. Acts of love, not thoughts of love, acts of love. You can't have the fullness of one without the other. So brothers and sisters, my encouragement for you as we come to the end of this liturgical year is this. Answer the call of the king. Answer that call because he is calling you. Find a way to serve those who need you. Put aside any fears, any reservations, or, or any ego that's holding you back from becoming who you are and loving as you ought. 
Give yourself in a new way and begin to follow Christ the King into the battle. He's gone before you in all that he's asking of you. It's in following him in sacrificial love that we find our true selves and live out our humanity completely. Our entrance into eternal life depends on these commandments. Loving God with our whole heart, mind, and strength. But the second is like it. Loving your neighbor as yourself. I'll leave you with the words of St. John of the Cross. He says, In the evening of life, we will be judged on love alone. 